on Joyful Sunday. Let's go. Let's go. Thanks, Jimmy. You can dance off the stage if you want to, brother. <laughs> well, good morning, Sanctuary. Wow, this is fun. Are you guys having fun? Good. I really like these Sundays where we can just be excited together about not just what's happening in our community, but just be excited about God and who he is and all the great things that we have and the, who we are because of him. So I am excited to be with you all this morning. My name is Tara Hollingsworth, and I have the absolute privilege and honor of serving our young people here at Sanctuary. I serve with Mosaic, which is our middle school and high school ministry here at Sanctuary. Let me hear a woo-woo. Or a woody woo woo, like Sham said. <laughs> so, um, speaking of our mosaic ministry, we had an event yesterday, actually. And this event I did not plan, actually. I was invited. And I think that's how you know you have a really good leadership team. When you get invited to events as the director of the ministry, I mean, it was amazing. So, um, some of our leaders put together um, a sledding, like winter hangout um, event for our middle schoolers. And I was it, it honored to come, you know, and, and hang out. But I was just, you know, I, I had my very comfy clothes on. I had my um, sweater on, my sweater socks. And I was just ready to sip hot chocolate and watch Christmas movies and everything until a couple students, they didn't actually didn't have to work too hard, but they were like, Tara, can you just sled with us just one time, just once? And I was like, no. Like, I, I can't. <laughs> I was like, I'm, not, I'm just not going to do that. I, I, just, I just can't do it. I haven't been sledding since I was six or seven. So like 20 years ago. I've never been able to say that for anything. I haven't been sledding in 20 years. <laughs> and so it's been a very, very long time since I've been sledding. And it was not just a regular hill, but it was a massive hill. And I did, I don't know like, how to sled. I don't know if it requires skill. I have no idea. But I did end up going out to that hill and walked all the way to the top. Because did y'all know that you have to walk up the hill? Did y'all know that? I did not know that. You have to walk every time you go down. It takes like 10 seconds to go down, then you have to walk back. Y'all. Next time you guys gotta take me to the one with the lifts and stuff because I was not prepared to walk. But I told them one time, three times later, y'all, I was feeling it. I was feeling myself for real. Um, I didn't know that you have to cross your legs when you go down, so I did almost break a leg, but I made it. Thank you for the concern over there. Someone said, oh, <laughs> thank you for the concern, but I did make it. It was a super great time, um, and it was so much fun. I know that there is a video floating around somewhere of me screaming the entire way down the hill, but hopefully that one stays under wraps. I don't know who has that, and I think that's the scariest thing is not knowing who has a video of you. But it was a great time. I mean, it was just so happy. It was such a time of joy, and it was, you know, comforting and everything. But then, you know, I, I go home, and I'm getting ready actually for this morning, and I um, don't like to do too much on the nights before. I know I have to preach because it, my dad always told me when I was younger, if something happens on a Saturday night and you have to preach the next morning, you just don't want to be in that situation. So it's kind of always been burned in my head that you kind of lay low the night before just in case. And so... I was home and I decided to lay low a little bit, um, but the neighborhood did not want to lay low last night. 
So there was um, about uh, multiple rounds of gunshots right outside of my house last night. Um, and it was, I mean, it was, it was pretty intense. But basically, we heard it was very close to my house. There was tons of casings found right outside of my house. Um, and there was some potential suspects, you know, using some of our house to hide out. It was, it just got a little crazy. Um, but then I started to realize you can have so much happiness and then the next moment you can have um, sadness. You can, that emotion can change very quickly. And I started to realize last night just how much happiness is fleeting. It really is. You can have joyful moments. You can have beautiful moments in life, um, but that can change very quickly. And then something sad can happen, and those emotions can change just like that. I could tell you a funny story, and you laugh, and I can tell you a sad story, and you cry right away within just a few minutes. Um, and so happiness truly is fleeting. But this morning, we're going to be talking about joy and how joy isn't fleeting. But joy is a state of being. Joy is a season of life. Joy is, is something that um, wells up on the inside of you no matter what's going on. You could be in a tough time of life and have joy. You could be walking through the trenches and have joy. So this morning we're talking about how deep joy is. We're in the middle of the Advent series right now. Um, Pastor Edrin um, opened us up with the series. We've talked about hope on the block. We've talked about peace on the block. This morning I'm going to be talking about joy on the block and then next week We'll wrap up with love on the block. Um, so if you don't mind taking a moment, let's pray together. God, I thank you for the opportunity to be joyful. I thank you that you are a joyful God. You are so good to us, Lord. So I ask that we would experience joy this morning because we can, because you've made a way for us, because your beautiful gift of salvation has brought us joy. God, I ask that this morning we're not inspired, but that we're changed. God, I don't want inspiration. It's nice sometimes, Lord, but this morning I ask for change. I ask for change on the inside of our hearts, that joy would begin today in the name of Jesus. God, that we wouldn't confuse a good season of life for being joyful and being content in you. God, I ask that you would uncover the things that are um, keeping us from living joyfully, you would uncover the things that are keeping us from living with hope. And I ask that joy would spring up on the inside of us. I ask that joy would overflow, God, that we wouldn't be able to keep it in. God, I ask that no matter our frustrations, no matter what our situation is, no matter what our finances look like, what our families look like, what our health looks like, God, I pray that there would be joy. In your mighty and matchless name we pray, amen. Amen. So I do have to admit to you guys this morning, um, Advent was a foreign concept for me. The whole season of Advent, until I came here to Sanctuary. Um, the churches I grew up in didn't speak of Advent too often. And so when I came here and we started talking about Advent, I have to admit I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was until Pastor Dennis explained it to me. <laughs> um, and the way he explained it, you guys know Pastor Dennis, our former senior pastor, had such a way of making large concepts simple. He had such a way of explaining things and making things that seem really deep. He made them simple and he made them sweet and easy to understand. And I've always appreciated that about him. And I remember there was one time that he stood up and he spoke of Advent and it just kind of clicked for me. And basically, I was able to see this deep longing and, and groaning that the world has been waiting for. And there was, there's so much pain in this world. There's so many things that just aren't right. You can see things and see it just, it just wasn't supposed to be that way. 
And I began to look at that concept of just how things just seem so not right. But then all of a sudden, this answer that we've been waiting for, all of a sudden, this joy, this peace, this hope, an answer to something that seems like it has no answer came to earth, and now we have Jesus. And so it's this waiting. It's this waiting of, of, is there an answer? Is there truly something that we're hoping for? We know that there's a curse. We know that things aren't supposed to be this way, so now what? But then all of a sudden, our Savior, Christ Jesus, is born. And now we have joy, and now we have an answer, and now we have hope. And that is the beauty of this Advent season, is this waiting and this longing, but seeing this hope in Jesus Christ. And that was just so beautiful to me. I kind of think of, of joy in Advent. So this moment that we see Jesus, this moment that we have an answer, I think of it as like finally getting the answer to a question that you've had for so long. Some of us ponder on things for a very long time. Some of us have these pressing questions about life, um, about our situation, and sometimes the moment we get that answer and something clicks, it's like having a revelation. That reminds me of what it's like to have joy in the Advent season. Or like um, that moment when you get relief from pain. So if you're like in a lot of pain, but that medicine finally kicks in, or you've been sick for a long time and you wake up the next morning and you finally feel okay. That's what Advent reminds me of. It's that moment where you get that relief. It's kind of like um, seeing a prophecy come to pass, maybe something that you've been believing God about, something that you feel like God has spoken over you, and you've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and then finally, there it is. That's what I think of when I think of Advent. It's this hope fulfilled. It's, it's this longing quenched, and now we have that because of Jesus. And now we have this inexpressible joy because of Jesus. Though some live without hope, now we don't have to because of Jesus. So let's open up our scripture this morning. It comes from Isaiah 12, 2 through 6. And I am actually going to use my Bible app this morning um, for the correct version. So we're going to look at Isaiah 12, 2 through 6. And Joel read it this morning, but I'm going to read it again. Starting at verse 2, it says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion. For great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. So this song was a song of salvation. It's kind of similar to the one that the Israelites sang when they were delivered from the hands of the Egyptians. So this is um, a common song of salvation. So looking at this text, we see three responses to the joy of salvation. We see three ways that these people responded to this joy of being saved. So this morning, that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at these three responses. The first one is, is thank, is to thank God. That's the first response we see. It says give thanks. The second response, it says tell, make known his deeds. And the third response is to sing, sing praises to our God. So we see these three responses, these three expressions of this joy of salvation, thank, tell, and sing. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. So we're going to get into the first one, which is thank, or give thanks. So I'm going to try to explain this as best as I can, but thanking God 
The Hebrew word for thanking God is yada, which you've probably heard that before if you have been in any type of um, worship leader training or you've been in any, if you went to a Christian school or anything like that, you've probably heard that word before. And that word means to throw or to cast. That word means to confess praise. And a lot of times people use that word to talk about throwing up their hands to the Lord, to cast their hands to the Lord. So when we see people in worship throwing up their hands, that's a form of praise. That's a form, that's yada. To praise the Lord, to cast, to throw up. So what this verse is telling us is to throw out your praise to the Lord. Throw up the thanksgiving to the Lord. Throw up your song of, of, of thanksgiving to the Lord. That's what this verse is telling us. It's telling us to, to lift your thanks to him. Your thanksgiving to the Lord. Now, we can throw up our gratitude like you throw up your hands or whatever, but gratitude is truly a fertile ground for joy. But in order to be grateful for what you have, you have to truly acknowledge that you didn't have to have that in the first place. So some of us, we don't feel this inexpressible joy. Some of us can sit and we can listen to these messages about the goodness of God, but we don't feel it. We don't feel this gratefulness. But that's because some of us have a hard time understanding that we didn't deserve it in the first place. You can't be grateful for your, for your salvation if you feel like it was owed to you. But we didn't have to have this. It didn't have to be this way either. We didn't have to have an answer to the questions. We didn't have to have deliverance from our sin. We didn't have to have that but God. And that's why we have joy. And that's why we thank the Lord. In order to be grateful for what you have, you have to acknowledge that you didn't have to have that in the first place. I'll give an example. I think of my house, for example, which I am so grateful for. But to be honest with you guys, before I got married, I was not very financially responsible. I'm one of those people who's naturally like, eh, it'll be okay. That's just kind of the way I'm wired, you know? I'm just like, oh, it'll be fine. It's, it's no big deal. It'll all work out. And sometimes that can work, but a lot of times that it can put you in some really interesting situations. So I really didn't have to be able to be in a situation where I can have a home that I love and that I'm so grateful for. I didn't have to have that. So because of that, I'm so grateful. Every time I walk in my door, I, I constantly thank God, God, thank you for this place. God, thank you for this space. God, help us to use this space for your glory because we don't have to have this. And I'm well aware of that because of my poor financial choices in the past. And we do have a financial um, class that, or life group that happens on Wednesdays. I cannot go because I'm in Mosaic, but just putting that plug out there. I'll give you guys another example. Some of us walk around today with an inexpressible peace, and it's amazing. And so this peace that we carry, some of us can look at our situation and look at the things that are going on and say, I should not have to have this. I should not be able to have this peace. Because of what's going on in my life, because of the, the fear that I can see in front of me, because of the potential of this situation to turn so bad, I don't have to have this kind of peace. And I'm aware of that. So because of that, I am grateful for this peace. I am grateful for my portion because I know it did not have to be this way. When we acknowledge that we did not have to have this, it just produces an overwhelming gratitude, an overwhelming joy. But like I said, some of us aren't overwhelmingly grateful for salvation because we forgot that we didn't deserve it. We forgot that we did not have to have it. And thankfulness is acknowledging that it did not have to be this way. Sanctuary, you're not thankful for what's owed to you. So 
Maybe some of you do this, but I surely hope not. Every two weeks when you get your check, do you go to your boss and say, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you so much. Do you send an email every time that direct deposit hits? Thank you. No, because they owe you. You put in the work. Therefore, it's, it, you, it, you get it back. That's what you're there for, right? You're like, I'm giving X amount of hours in return to take care of my whole life. So you don't say, oh, thank you so much for the check that was direct deposited at 12 a.m. Friday, you know, whatever your time is. You don't say thank you because it's owed to you. But let's say that your boss or whoever you report to comes up to you a couple weeks before Christmas and says, hey, I want to give you this gift for you and your family. You didn't do anything to deserve it, but I just want to be a blessing to you. You say thank you because you know they did not have to do that. And so when we truly understand that we were not owed salvation, we have this inexpressible joy because God made a way out of no way for us to be with him. And this is why we thank him. And then after you thank him, you got to tell somebody. So the next, um, the next expression of joy, the next response to joy is to tell, to share your testimony with someone. I think um, a large reason why I wanted to go into youth ministry is because of what God did for me as a teenager. When I was about 17 years old, and if you know me, you know this story. When I was about 17 years old, I went to go work at a youth camp. And I was advised many times over to not work at this youth camp. They said it was so hard. It's just going to run you dry. I mean, it's just, it's not organized well. Don't work at this youth camp if you ever want to go into ministry. Now, me back then, I took that as a challenge. I was like, oh, you think I can't do it? Well, I'm going to go do it. So I did it. And it was at that moment where God really got a hold of my heart. And I think maybe just the way I am, the way I'm wired, God had to use... Um, his love for other people to help me understand his love for me. It was so much easier for me to see God's love on other lives than it was for me to see God's love on my own life. So I began to work at this camp and there was a young kid there, let's call him Josh. And Josh was about nine years old at the time. And he would come um, every day to this camp in the morning around nine o'clock and he would tell us all the crazy things that happened the night before. And he would constantly begin to tell us the trials in his life, the struggles in his life, and those things no nine-year-old should be experiencing. And I remember for the first time feeling what it felt to be burdened, to be burdened for somebody else. And I remember going home every day after the day camp, and I just remember praying all night long and being like, God, touch this kid. God, I know you can do something in his life. God, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm going every single day to this camp, I better see a turnaround because this is hard and it's tiring and he needs to see you. And I began to pray for this kid all the time. And I began to see slowly, very, very slowly, but very surely, God began to change this kid's life. And when he was once cursing, he was now blessing. And when he once says he wasn't believing, he was now proclaiming scripture. And it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And I saw it not because, oh, I did good things and I prayed for him, but I saw it as an expression of God's love for him. That he could be in this situation and God would constantly begin to draw him out of that. And it was at that moment that I understood how good God was. And God used that moment to later on help me understand his love for me. I remember singing um, 
the next, uh, the next fall, like that song, Oh How He Loves Us. I remember singing it, and the only way I could connect to God in that moment was singing it over someone else and seeing, yes, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. But it wasn't until later that God began to shift my focus to how he felt about me. And God began to show me just as much as I love those kids that you love, just as much as I've transformed their life, now I can transform yours. Now I can begin to love you. Now I, now, or now I can begin to show you how much I've always loved you, how much I've always been there. And that, that moment, that being 17 years old and experiencing God in that way gave me this hope to hold on to, gave me this hope to tell people about Jesus. So I don't care how many times anyone in my life has heard that story. That was the moment that God showed me his love. And, that, and, and because of that, I can have this joy. And I want to encourage each and every one of you to tell people what God has done. Tell them. I shared with you guys last month about the time that I um, saw my friend get healed. I saw her, her, um, her leg get healed right before my eyes. And I remember telling God, I'll tell people that as long as I live. So I want to encourage you guys to tell people what God has done. I even want to give you a challenge. This week, tell somebody. Tell one of your coworkers, tell one of your friends, tell a family member, put it, on, put it on Instagram, put it on Facebook. Use it as an excuse to post that selfie that you've really been wanting to post, but you don't know what caption you're gonna use. Use that, so now that I've got your attention, let me tell you what God has done in my life. So I wanna encourage you guys, tell somebody. Post it on Instagram, do hashtag joy to the world, hashtag sanctuary tells people about Jesus, whatever hashtag you want. I encourage you to share it and tag us and we'll repost it, but tag sanctuary so we can also experience what it is that God's doing in your life. We want to know. It, it creates joy for all of us to be able to see the things that God has done in your life. So the first one was to thank God. The second one was to tell. And the last one this morning is to sing. Have you guys um, ever heard the phrase, to understand my praise is to understand my pain? And sometimes we see people who are just praising God with everything in them. And that's just joy overflowing in their lives. That's just joy welling up on the inside of them. And when you truly have that joy that wells up, you can't control it because it's, you're just overwhelmed with gratitude and a realization of who God is in your life. I think that many times we see praise as an option. Sometimes we see it as entertainment for the church. It's a great way to open service with songs, with singing. Sometimes when we're displeased with the worship leader or the band, not at our church, of course, but when we're displeased, we say, oh, I just can't get into worship. I just don't feel it today. I don't know. I just can't get into it. But sometimes we see, because we see praise as an option, but praise is actually a command not only is it a response to the goodness of God, but the Bible tells us, praise the Lord. Over and over again, the Bible tells us, praise the Lord. And just like any other command, it's for our good. Yes, God deserves glory. But something happens when we praise the Lord with the fruit of our lips to give thanks to God. Psalm 103 says, praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise the Lord. First Chronicles 16, 28, praise the Lord, all people on earth. Daniel 2.20, God is wise and powerful, so praise him. Psalm 105, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name. 
Jeremiah 20, 12, sing to the Lord, praise the Lord. He rescues the oppressed from the power of evil people. 1 Kings 8, 56, praise the Lord who has given his people peace as he promised he would. Psalm 150, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Sanctuary, like I mentioned in the, um, when we were talking about telling God or telling people of God's goodness, I remember being able to um, know God more by singing to him by myself with nobody listening. I remember as a teenager in my room, just singing to him until I felt his presence with me. Just like I did at church, I wanted to feel that at home. So I remember just singing to God until I was convinced that God was with me because he was. And that's how I came to know that I didn't need a worship leader to be able to worship God. I didn't need the band to have an eight-part harmony or whatever in order to, to feel the spirit. I didn't need the chills from the run the bassist just did behind me. I didn't need that because I knew that God could meet me wherever I was. I knew that God inhabits the praises of his people. He told us in his word that he inhabits those praises. And so when we sing to him, it is a beautiful expression of your relationship with God, and he's there with you in that moment. He inhabits the praises of his people. So sing to him. Sing in faith if you have to. Let your joy overflow with singing. You know those people who just walk around singing, they just always have like a joy like a, or a song in their spirit? You guys ever heard somebody say that? Like, I just got a song in my spirit today. Or like, man, that song has been in my spirit. Like, it's just this joy that God is doing something, and you just have to get it out. So I encourage you to get it out this week, too. I don't care where you are, if you're at work, if you're on the bus, in your Uber. If you need to sing to the Lord, sing to him. If you guys noticed this morning, all of these expressions of joy, they all come out of your mouth. To thank God, to tell people of his goodness, to sing to him, all of those things come out of your mouth. Luke 6, 45 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it's not going to come out of your mouth if it's not in your heart. And I'm aware that many in this room, you don't feel joy today. You don't feel um, thankful. You may want to be thankful, but you may not feel thankful today. I'm aware that many of you in this room, you don't want to sing to God. You may not feel like telling people. I remember one time um, being in a chapel service in and, and college, and they would say, sing out your own song to God. And some people would be like, I don't want to sing my own song. <laughs> I don't feel like it. I just want you to put the words up on the screen, and I want to sing what's on the screen. I don't want to sing my own song. I don't know what to say. But I'm aware that many of us, we don't feel joy today. And I want to acknowledge that, that some of us have so much going on that are so weighed down that you don't feel joy but I have some good news for you guys this morning, and it comes from Galatians 5, and 23, and I'll explain why it's good news. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Family, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So because of this, this comes from communion with the Spirit. So being joyful is not all of your responsibility. Yes, you can thank God. Yes, you can tell people about his goodness. Yes, you can sing to him. But joy is also a result of your communion with the spirit, of you abiding and remaining in the vine. 
He's the vine, we're the branches. So we can have fruit, we can have love, we can have joy, we can have peace because of, of, of the spirit living inside of us. All we have to do is remain connected to the vine. And we can have this joy. So if you don't have the strength to thank him out loud this morning, if you don't have the strength to tell people what he's done, if you don't have the strength to sing to him this morning, I want you to rest and know that you can just remain connected to the vine. You can just abide in him. Abide in him until that love overflows out of you. Abide in him until the joy starts to overflow out of you. Abide in him. Take the pressure off yourself. Don't beat yourself up for not feeling joyful for salvation, but let the spirit lead you and let the spirit teach you to be joyful. I'm gonna invite the worship team back up. Sanctuary this morning, don't, let, don't, don't try to be joyful on your own, but let the spirit truly inspire your joy. This holiday season, I wanna encourage you guys to allow joy in your life. No matter what your holiday season looks like, no matter what family member you don't feel like seeing, no matter what person you don't feel like talking to, I want you guys to allow the spirit to bring you joy because of the salvation because of what we have that we didn't have to. I want us to thank the Lord for his goodness. Tell of all his good works. Sing his praises. Because we have a gift that is so special. And we ought to praise his name because of it. So we're going to sing another song. And whatever joy looks like for you, if that looks like standing up, please stand. If that looks like coming to the front, if that looks like jumping up and down, if that looks like getting prayer, if that looks like bending down on your knees in awe of the Lord, whatever joy looks like for you, if it's hugging someone, I want to invite you guys to take this moment and sing to God. Sing to him when no one's listening. But let joy overflow out of you this morning. So we're going to sing this song, Every Praise. And let's let the Lord's joy overflow out of us.